Team, good evening. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to our fireside chat this evening. We've got a good few questions to dive into, and there's a few little spin-offs that I want to dive into as well, because everybody knows that I do indeed love tangents. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into a few of those. Now, I'm conscious that Charlie, who I'm assuming is under the name of iPhone here this evening, uh, is only here for the first little bit. So what we're going to do is going to dive into his question first, just that that's done and dusted. Um clearly so that he can get off and get gone. Now then, I'm going to open up the questions here from the Facebook thread if my phone will work, which it isn't at the moment. I'm also going to admit a few more people, which is fantastic. Excellent work. Put everyone on mute. Awesome. Brilliant. Right. So... From what I remember, my phone is is playing up, I'm afraid. From what I can remember from Charlie's question, there was one element of it, which was how to use NutriChecks and rather why that is different to uh, MyFitnessPal. The reason is quite simple. First of all, you can see how to use NutriChecks by going onto Basecamp and cracking on and just looking through that video. No problem at all. That will show you the mechanics of how, but why? So... MyFitnessPal is owned by Under Armour. It's an American company, and therefore they use a lot of American fluids and a lot of American measurements, which is rather frustrating because nobody thinks in cups, let's be honest. Um, and in addition to that, when we look at NutriChecks, it's a British app, which means it has largely British foods. And from my experience, I think NutriChecks works a little bit better than MyFitnessPal. Yes, there is a $3.99 payment per month. But I do think it's worth it. I'm not selling it here, but I think it's a little bit better than MyFitnessPal. And I know that MyFitnessPal has gone through a bunch of different um, updates recently, which can hinder its userability. But if you are tracking, I would recommend using NutriChicks. You don't have to. You also don't even have to track if you want to just use the food diary. The food diary is in Basecamp as well. No problem at all. I'm going to reattempt to open my phone. There we go. Fantastic. To see if I can jump onto the rest of Charlie's question. For context, I was using my fitness power, but I don't like the most recent version. Oh, there we go. I'm thinking of swapping. So, yes, look, there is a little investment behind it. Um, you can make it a bit cheaper, I think, if you pay for the entire year. I think I've clicked on the button and forgotten that I've paid for it. So I've just kind of got it in the background. But it is a useful tool to have. But again, you do not have to pay for these things if you don't want to. My fitness power, things like that are free. So I hope that that um, helps for that one. Now, looking at Lauren's question. What we've got here is hydration tablet recommendations on days where you're struggling with water intake. Now, when we're looking at water intake, first of all, little tangent, is we want to look at what the water intake is over the entire day. And I'm not just saying chugging down liters and liters and liters of water. I'm talking about there's a lot of water in our food and everything else that we eat. You know, if you're going through a, a season at the moment of having winter soups and things for lunches, then that all counts to your total fluid intake. But... If we are not getting the quantity, my first question to you, without sounding like one of those typical coaches, is why do you feel like you are struggling with that water intake? Why do we feel? So what are we aiming for? If we're aiming for two to three liters per day, well, what's the struggle here? Is the struggle, I haven't got myself into the routine where I know that, for example, First thing in the morning, I don't get up and have a glass of water. Last thing at night, a glass of water, that sort of thing, and build it into a routine. Because if we're playing catch up all day, then what can happen is, you know, we end up kind of not really getting through it all. Taking an electrolyte tablet will help to an extent, but it's not going to solve the problem. This was a, I had a really, really, really interesting, I was part of a really interesting panel once upon a time. We we're talking about hydration and things around, um, 
around diet and exercise. And ultimately, as great as electrolyte tablets are, they're not going to solve the problem of total water intake. You know, we are beings that are made up of the majority of water, and therefore we can't get away from the fact that we need that total mass of water. Clearly, if we are half a litre to a litre off our target, you know, if we're kind of anywhere up to around 30% down, then yes, an electrolyte tablet can help. Something like a high five zero. I would say the science and sport ones, but they taste a little bit like chlorine. Uh, raw Velo do a good one, albeit with a little bit of glucose in it. So clearly there's going to be extra caloric intake there as well. So for example, um, the high five zeros, the reason they're called zero is because they're zero calorie. Uh, Precision hydration do similar ones as well. There's a bunch of them. Look for the effervescent ones, the little tablets that go into water and fizz away. They don't taste awful. I think the high five zeros are pretty good. You can get them from most like boots and sporty looking shops, like a bike shop, things like that. They will most likely be in there. Their marketing is pretty good. You can also get it off Amazon for pretty cheap. But again, just think it's the same as taking a greens supplement. I know Charlie was asking me about a green supplement earlier. When looking at these, they don't solve the problem and replace greens and vegetables and fiber intake but they can help if you are struggling at times. So for example, Claire, I know Claire takes, um, I think she still takes athletic greens and she'll take the little sashes if she's going away somewhere. I used to do the same. Uh, I got a little bit lazy, I think, and I like to go out my go out of my way to find really healthful foods. But again, if you're like Tony, for example, he's working away this week, you know, packing that in and ensuring that you can make the most of a situation where you know you're going to struggle. I, for example, know that I went to Dublin and I'm not going to struggle to eat really good food. But if, again, you're going to be struggling with time restraints, with work restraints, then these things can help. You know, when I first started speaking to uh, Ruth, she was in the wonderful place of the Outer Hebrides. And, you know, things like that can help if a variety is not going to be the easiest thing to come along to. So looking at solutions like this are ensuring that you have a tool in your toolbox, not using that tool for every job. Does that make sense? So, yes, as a long and convoluted way of answering that question, I'd look at something like a high five zero, cheap and cheerful, and they do the job. If not, you could literally just put some salt in your Ribena. Sounds disgusting. You don't need to put loads of salt in it, but a generous pinch in like a pint of Ribena, it's going to do exactly the same job. The benefit of having an electrolyte tablet is it uses the other electrolytes necessary, not just sodium. So there's a bunch of other elements in there as well. But again, that can help. First and foremost, just try and drink a little bit more water. Easy for me to say, I know. Thanks very much for tuning in. But... Ultimately, we need to address the issue at hand, which is total mass of water intake. No amount of electrolytes are going to make you sleep better, recover better, uh, have ease of digestive transit and all the rest of the benefits that come with hydration. They're just going to. They're going to help you along that journey of struggling, if that makes sense. Cool. Next question. Are we watching the spine race? Oh my goodness me, the spine race was fantastic, wasn't it? I'm actually meeting a couple of uh, racers from the spine races. There's a series of different races. A couple of winners as well at the weekend at the running show, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, it turns out I was friends with them on Facebook and didn't really know. And then the post came up and be like, hey, I've set the course record for the spine race. And it was amazing. So going to go meet them on the run show, which is going to be fantastic. If you are able to come to the run show, um, 
It'd be fantastic to see you there on Saturday. I could probably still wangle somewhere some free tickets. I'm sure we can claim ignorance to it. Um, but again, it'd be great to see you there. Ruth, I'm going to see you in Birmingham after. It'd be great to see other folks there. I know that um, potentially Sarah, I think, is going to be coming. So there's going to be loads of people there. I'm not speaking of this one. I am simply going to just meet loads of people. I've got a long roster of things to do. But it'd be great to see that and bruiser on me if you're there. Um, was there anything else I wanted to say on the run show? Or the spine race? No, I don't think there was. Um, also, just to bring Charlie's public post into a little bit of fruition, we're looking at June, July, adventure races in North-ish England. That's going to be some interest. I'm going to have a look at that this week and see what the crack is, because I think we can have some really interesting um, race options there, especially coming across Yorkshire Dales, Yorkshire Moors, having a look at Northumberland, especially. There's going to be a good few options there. And Tony, thinking of you, actually, I know you're not on this call, but you will be on the uh, on the recording. You know, seeing if there's anything around the southern uplands and the southern highlands of Scotland, I think that could be a really, really good um, bunch of options there. And June, July is like a peak racing season. So there's definitely going to be some really cool options there for sure. Now then, any other questions? I'm sure there was another question. Let me just have a quick scroll through the group. If you have any questions on your overall coaching thus far team, uh, please do drop them in. I'm going to deal with the Facebook questions first, and then I'm going to go off a few questions that I've seen in your, or rather a few subjects that have inspired a couple of posts for this from your feedback forms. So let me just double check. Geography homework. Sorry, Nikki, can't help there. Uh, great. Okie dokie, guys. So I'm just going to open up chat. Good. Happy days. Right, team. First thing I want to talk about is, I don't know if you've seen it, it is doing the rounds, unfortunately, at the moment. Um, have you seen the new American pyramid for health or the food pyramid? It's awful. And it's a very troubling thing, really, isn't it? Because it kind of goes to show the state of where we're at at the moment. And this is kind of spurred on a different podcast episode I was recording earlier. But I wanted to talk to you about it this evening because ultimately what I'm trying to accomplish here with you folks as part of the Adventure Coach is instilling a critical thinking mindset. Now this food pyramid, what a load of crap that is. Oh my goodness me. So the, the headline that got loads of social feedback and social viralness was um, when... What was it now? It was, uh, what's it called? What's that? What's that American cereal? It's not Fruit Loops. Lucky Charms. Thank you very much for shouting that. Lucky Charms were above steak in this food pyramid. And it broke it down into green, amber, and red. Reds, you need to actively avoid. The ambers, you need to have in moderation, whatever the hell that means. And the greens, you are actively promoted to eat lots of. Now, I can remember the first three in that list. The first three. So uh, the first one's watermelon. The second one was kale. Well, I can see kale. You know, that's good. It's not a superfood, but it's, it's, it's a food. There's no such thing as a superfood, by the way, team. It's just something that was coined as a marketing gimmick to get people to do different things with their eating. Great. Fine. Cool. But people have started worshipping these things. They don't exist. Um, and third was frosted mini wheats which is essentially the american version of frosted shreddies i mean how ridiculous is that third in the green in the things that are actively promoted is a high sugar processed cereal fantastic now i don't know if there's an element of funding behind this whether big cereal and i say that yes with a bit of tongue-in-cheek but this is legit because a lot of the breakfast is the most important meal of the day studies 
are sponsored and paid for by the likes of Kellogg's and Nestle, etc. So there is such a thing as big cereal. I don't know if it's funded by big cereal or whether there is an agenda specifically for anti-meat at the moment in the States. But look, we don't have as bad an, as, as a diet as our brothers and sisters do in the States. We're lucky, but we're getting that way because we, Britain is heavily influenced by the United States. And this is really worrying because there's going to be a lot of people that aren't that fussed about their nutrition and they'll just do what they're told, you know. We here in this group were fantastic because we're critically thinking about stuff. And I'm here to help you critically think about this. And I'm going to rabbit on about nutrition until the cows come home, um, but not the steaks. And the thing is, a lot of these people who don't see this, they're going to be like, oh, OK, well, Lucky Charms, steak's bad. I'm not going to eat steak. What were the last three? The only three actually on the red in this particular thing was um, beef, eggs cooked in butter, because obviously eggs cooked in oil are better, and cheddar cheese. So what you've got there is three very potent sources of micronutrients, of poly and mono unsaturated fats. Yes, of some saturated fats, but saturated fats to an extent are good in our diet. Cholesterol plays a role. Obviously, having too much of it from hyper-processed foods and lots of fast food is not great, but cholesterol plays a role. It is a transporter of lipoproteins in the blood. And cheese, you know, polyunsaturated, monounsaturated fatty acids, good fat. It's ridiculous. And they're all the ones that are discouraged. And it's really worrying because we're kind of in this weird dichotomy at the moment of coming back to fat is bad rhetoric, which we pretty much escaped. I mean, I'm about to turn 30 this year. So this is kind of like my parents' generation talking about how fat is bad. And it's pretty troubling. You know, we're we're nearly out of carbs make you fat. Carbs are bad. Nearly. We're getting there. There's still a lot of that about. And it's, it's crazy. It really is. The next thing, the next thing that's going to be hitting the chopping block is protein. And that's kind of almost there, really, by saying that Lucky Charms are better than steak, which is ridiculous. But there we go. There's my rant over. What I'm trying to do here, folks, is trying to instill some critical thinking into what it is that we're trying to do here because we're all bothered by what we're eating and the effect that it has on the body and there's a lot of people that we all know that aren't and it's not our job to go and be the messiah we're not missionarying around um around the world to say about how good vegetables and grass-fed steak is but what we're trying to do here is if we can perfect our actions then we are inadvertently impacting and influencing the rest of us around that's what I was saying about this whole January challenge. That's what I'm saying about trying to change the dichotomy of new year, new me. If people see you, amazing people getting out there and doing different things, then they're going to be a little bit more inspired to maybe not take themselves so seriously, but also try new things in January as well, which is going to change this message of new year, new me, extreme dieting and extreme fits because you don't need to do that. So it's about the influence that we can all have on everyone around us. And there was this wonderful um, expression that I heard that if we all in our lifetimes influence one person, that one person is essentially like a gateway to another 10. And that 10 is another gateway to another 10 each. And subsequently, and it ends up being if we have contact with like 100 people in our life, we can influence a mass of like, I think it was like 100 million people in our lifetime. 
just by our interactions with the hundred people around us that we might meet in our lifetime. Now, I can't name off the top of my head a hundred people that I know. I could probably if I try, but I'm not going to. But the thing is, you're going to cross the paths of more than a hundred people in your lifetime. So having it in uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Interactions with people like this in a positive manner, you are inadvertently doing your part to change the world, to change people's understanding and perception of things. It doesn't always have to come down to, to, to me and to coaches and PTs and whatever to say fitness is good. It's about you living the journey, doing the thing. It's about you, Charlie, looking out for new things to do in June, uh, in June and July. It's about Ruth learning new skills in cycling and swimming. It's about how Nikki overcomes adversity to be able to get the job done. It's about how Lauren overcomes things to be able to climb harder and do new things. The more you can talk to people about that, the better. And it's fantastic. That's my 10 pence on it anyway. Now, the next thing I want to come into is Blue Monday was on Monday, wasn't it? Now, I don't know if anyone's had a bit of a hard time coming into the start of this year. I think it can play a little bit on our mindset, especially as we come into, you know, new year, new me, resolutions, and then potentially we haven't achieved the resolutions that we've set out. Maybe we're a little bit too lofty with our goals, um, but we can start to feel it. Now, we might also be in the position where we're like thriving and it's fantastic. And the problem is, if we are thriving and fantastic and we see that it's Blue Monday and we should be feeling bad about our lives, well, that's going to make us feel a little bit negative about something. We're going to be searching for something to be negative about. If we're already in a bad state, then that's the catalyst to be like, ah, oh, sod it, and then have a really bad time. And it doesn't just have to be down to Blue Monday. This is down to our perception of, of anything, really. If we see that we should be feeling a certain way, it's a bit like the placebo effect, isn't it, actually, thinking about it. If we should be thinking a certain way or acting a certain way because of a certain catalyst, Blue Monday or, you know, sweets or cereal or whatever, then these things can inadvertently affect us, especially in our mindset. You know, seeing loads of people eating pick-a-mix is not, yes, it could draw you to then subconsciously pick up some pick a mix but it's 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 the mindset approach to it it's how you see that situation how you react to it it's the critical thinking mindset that we're talking about here it's how you view adversity resistance and all these things that are going to come up to come up against you on your exciting journeys going forward and how we react to it and the first thing we need to do is when we're all messaging me and saying, look, this is what's going on here, and I'm reading all your feedback forms, and this is fantastic, and I love it. If something negative happens, first of all, you need to accept the fact that it is okay, because, you know, life is not all going to be sunshine and rainbows. Mine certainly isn't. And we need to then understand, well, what is the first thing that we think? How do we react? Because when we see something negative, when we see a missed workout, when we see a duff meal when we see a slip in habits when we see a new environment when we see what else has come up maybe something negative has happened in your life maybe something's happened to a loved one and touch wood i really hope that hasn't happened to you if it has i'm sending love to your part of the universe but how we react to these certain things that happen in life is what dictates our character. And I was having a really interesting thought process earlier that I wanted to share with you today. 
Now, I went on a bike ride, and when I go on a bike ride, my mind just goes boof and blows up with these different thoughts. I really need to have like a dictaphone on all the time to just talk to myself. But what I was thinking was when we see people and we describe character, I think we get stuck in the trap here of assuming that character and our character traits are something we're born with, something we always have and something we can't change. But the beauty of it is we can change how those characteristics come out and what they are. But first of all, we need to understand when they come out before we understand what they are, what's the catalyst. And nine times out of 10, the catalyst for our character and who we are comes out when we get into a negative, uh, a negative environment or an extreme environment or austerity. When we come into, I used to be in the army, for example. So when you come into a high stress environment, a war zone, and things are going wrong, how you react in that moment brings about the character, your leadership, your values, how you act in adversity, because how we act in adversity defines who we are, folks. And here's the beautiful thing. You can change it. You can. I'm living proof of that. I've quit so many things in my life. I really have. We've all quit stuff. We've all given up on things. We've all talked our way out of things. We have all decided that we can't do stuff. And we've all decided that actually I'm getting a bit flustered in this environment. This is not for me. We've all been there. I have had my fair share of that. Still do. But it's how we act in those situations that defines our character at, and this is the kicker, at a specific point in time. And that's the beauty of it. The character that I've shown before to achieve big things and stuff that I've loved to have done is my character traits at that particular point. The character traits that I've shown when I've given up on stuff and quit things and felt like I'm a bit of a failure at stuff are my character traits at that particular point in time. That was it. I was cycling and I was I was likening a life journey to a bicycle ride going up and down hills. There you go. That's how philosophical I get when I go and do endurance fizz. But the beauty of this is, folks, as you go through these different challenges, you can change how you react to them by taking a bit more control over your autonomic nervous system, over your initial knee-jerk reactions, over your inner chimp, as you've heard me talk about it before. How we deal with those situations and how we react can change. It's the same as going into cold water. You can go into cold water first time and be like, that is the most awful thing I've ever done in my entire life. I'm never doing that again. But you can also go into cold water after having done it for four or five weeks and be like, okay, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but it's cool and I can cope with it. Which is why we see people swimming ice miles and all sorts of stuff. We see people going in with a sledgehammer or an axe, breaking the ice to go for a swim in a mountain lake. This is the expansion of our comfort zone, but not just that, it's the expansion of our character zone. Who we are and how we react. And the amazing thing, folks, is you can change it. So if you're seeing yourself right now going through a, a negative place and thinking, oh, I'm really struggling. I don't like how I'm reacting to this. You're representing your true character for this particular moment in time, or if we're looking back for that particular moment, moment in time. And the beauty of that, folks, is you can change it and you can genuinely change it right now by interrupting your thought process 
I'm not saying you need to go to Afghanistan and go and put yourself in a war zone. I'm saying put yourself into an uncomfortable situation, something where you don't really want to do it. It doesn't feel great to do it. Going into cold water, not great. Getting up early, not great. Doing something unpleasant, not great. Albeit safe. I'm talking unpleasant in terms of like a fairly grueling workout or a long walk or a long hill run or challenging yourself to do non-stop swimming or going into a cold water environment, anything like that. The more we expand our comfort zones, the more we can alter our characteristics for the future and this particular moment in time. So character traits aren't something we're born with. We're, we're not. I don't believe that. Because what are we born with? We're not. We're not born with anything. We're a sponge. Our characteristics and our personality are the sum and net effect of all the people that have had influence in our life. Everybody we've met, all of our parents, the five, the 10, the 15, however many people you spend your most time around with, you become the average of those people. How I was as a soldier is different to how I was now because I'm not around soldiers anymore. How I was when I was around kids, when I was a kid, is different to how I am now being around adults because I'm not a kid anymore. So our character traits can change. So if you see something that you don't like, maybe you don't like the fact that you missed that workout. Maybe you don't like the fact that, you know, you gave in to this person or weren't assertive here or you weren't showing the discipline that you wanted to in a certain environment. That's OK. That does truthfully define your character traits for that particular moment in time. But that doesn't have to be forever. It doesn't. You need to own it. That's why I say to everybody, be your own coach and be objective. Because when we are our own coaches and when we are objective, we can look at that and go, right, well, that's interesting. Maybe I'm not happy with the fact that I missed this workout or I did this thing. What were my character traits there? Well, actually, I was lacking discipline. Okay, what did I give into? Maybe I gave into this person or this thing. Hmm. Maybe I didn't handle stress particularly well and therefore I ate that particular food. Maybe I had this particular thought process and I wasn't overly positive about something. Or maybe I was just dwelling on the negative. Maybe I was holding a grudge. These are character traits that can define who we are at a particular moment in time. And it's your job, folks, to look at that and go, cool, that's me now. Doesn't have to be me in two minutes time. Doesn't have to be me in the next time I meet that person or do that thing or that workout or that whatever. It doesn't have to be the me that wakes up tomorrow morning. It's the average of these actions that we spend over time. It's looking at something and going, okay, today I'm not feeling fantastic, so I'm going to go through the motions and just do a workout rather than the workout that I needed to do. Maybe I'm absolutely battered from yesterday's phys session and I'm just, I've got a lot going on at work. I've had to start earlier. I've got all this stress I need to do a workout. I don't have the energy to do this full squat session. So I'm going to do some lighter squats and a bit of mobility. This morning, I was going to go for a cold swim. It was Baltic this morning. And I got about waist height or hip height rather. Um, and got in there and it felt like a million tiny daggers digging into my skin. And I was like, do you know what? This is this is painful. Like my hands were on fire. I thought, okay. I'm going to accept today as a not today because I quite frankly didn't necessarily want to go fully submerged in that environment and still have to walk however far it is, K or two, whatever, to get home. And thought that actually 
it's probably not the best thing. That's okay. Tomorrow, different, different, different story. Go out for a bike ride today, did the fizz, did the thing, did what I need to do, move on. Fine, great. Those character traits don't follow us unless we make them, unless we choose to have them. So I hope that makes sense. I was a bit of a bit of a tangent from my part. I, I, I felt that it was a fairly inspiring subject that I was thinking about earlier. And I thought, well, actually, that's going to be an interesting thing to share with you folks. And I hope that you take something away from it because you're all on a self-development journey and you're all going to be going through stuff. A common denominator from those feedback forms, people are going through stuff. We're always going to go through stuff. That's fine. It's first of all, understanding what's our character. How do we react to this stuff that we're going through, the austerity that we're going through, the hardship that we're going through? How do we react? Because that leads beautifully onto take care of you first. I mean that. Stop trying to please everybody else and deal with you first. I'll say it a million times. If you don't work on you first, then guess what? You bring a worse version of yourself to other people's problems and they don't want that. You're not helping anybody. This, this so-called selflessness that we're doing is, is, isn't working. We need to work on ourselves first because look, a worse version of you isn't helping. The best version of you needs to solve those other people's problems because we want to. We want to help people. We want to be there for people. We need to bring our best in order to do that. And in order to do that, we need to develop our fitness, our mindset, our nutrition, our adventure capability, our ability to take on life with a bit more of a square head, with a bit more of a positive outlook, with a bit more of a critical thinking mindset to be able to understand our character traits. The more we can do this as a multifaceted approach, the better we become over time. It is the net product of doing all of these things. And then coming to other people, helping other people, being there for other people, you're giving them so much more, so much more. Bad version of you, bad result to problems. Best version of you, best result that you can possibly do to those people's problems. Awesome. We know what the clear answer is. Does that make sense? So give me uh, give me a bit of a pulse check, folks. Make sure I haven't lost anyone and I'm just staring and talking at a wall. Jump on into chat. Tell me what your biggest takeaway was from this evening and my various rants, just while I am checking to see if I have not missed any more questions and a few bits and pieces in the group. So jump on into chat. Give me your biggest takeaway. There is one, two, three, four, five, five of you in here. So let's go for three shares and then we'll move on to the final bit of this evening. I'm just going to check to make sure we haven't missed any questions. I don't think I've missed any chat questions. Come on, team. Jump on into chat. Make it make it make sure I'm not just talking to myself here. Don't be a don't be a passenger to all of this content that we're trying to do. You know, don't 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 just don't just spectate. Try and get involved because the more you're going to get out, the more you more you put into this process, the more you get out of it. Americans know jack about nutrition, yeah, to an extent, yeah. But the 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 eat well plate, it's crap for the UK. It's just promoting a relatively a relatively high carbohydrate, low fat diet. Loads of cereals and stuff and relatively processed food. The EUL plate is flawed. Our government guidelines are flawed. Until we have a complete changeover of this and a complete 
revolution of this, we're not going to be able to get anywhere. And that's the problem. Right. A couple more, a couple more chat, a couple more shares. Ruth, we're in there. Nice one. One more after Ruth. Not doing stuff is okay. Very apt to where I am this month. Giving yourself permission. Sorry, I can't see that. There, there we go. To be okay with doing less. Yeah, 100%. Because look, life happens. I was thinking about this earlier, actually. You know, our character, looking at that understanding of character traits and things. Well, when we can understand what our characteristics were, how did you all react when COVID hit? Because nobody saw that coming. And then boom, national lockdown like we've never seen before. The entire world. How did you react? What were your character traits there? Did you continue with your routine of getting up and doing stuff? Did you find new ways of, you know, getting outside for that one hour allowance? What a strange time that was. Did you spend time in the garden? Did you do stuff? Did you work around the house? Did you find new ways to learn? You know, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have been. You didn't have to be. It could have been really hard. For the first week, I spent watching all the Lord of the Rings, all the Hobbits, binge watched loads of stuff because I was so focused on training all the way up. I did nothing for the first week. Character traits, we need to understand them because it's understanding who we are. Every single character trait we've ever had since birth defines who we are and we can change them and it's fine. And it puts together a tapestry of who we are and our characteristics, it's fantastic. And it can constantly keep changing. So it's just understanding where you're at. Reminder that moving time is quality thinking time. Yeah, damn right it is, Claire. You know, absolutely. After your message today of getting out in that, you know, in that minus, I think you had minus four and a half degrees as well, didn't you? Uh, in that super cold temperature, was it the prettiest run in the world? Probably not. Was it exactly what you needed? Yes, it was. Going out on long runs, you do deep work up here. That's why I love endurance training. That's why I love adventures. That's why I love getting out and doing things with our body outside for a long time because it strips away all the distractions when you're doing like interval sessions and stuff like that, you can only think about interval sessions and how savage they are. When you go out and do stuff like this, go out for a bike ride, go out for a long run, go out, whatever it is, you have meditative thinking time. And that is so important. Nikki doing all of her walks, Mark getting out and doing stuff, you know, Lauren going climbing, Laura going out for long sessions, going out for a 10K runs and stuff. All of this adds up. Ruth, you know, you've said there you're going through a few things this month and I hear you and you're probably finding an anchor in your training, continuing with the running. Charlie, the definition of finding an anchor, he gets out for an hour outside every single morning. Charlie, number one, this is. It's finding that anchor because it roots your characteristics. And when we can understand that, we can change tomorrow for a better outcome. And we can consistently build those 1% until we get to the version of ourselves that we're trying to be. Right. I think that'll be me for this evening. I hope you've enjoyed that, folks. A bit of a bit of a whirlwind. I didn't want to do any slides this evening because, to be quite honest, there were a few subjects I wanted to cover, and I didn't really want to just limit it to what I was going to put in slides. I wanted to just freestyle a little bit with this one based on questions that we had. Maybe there were any questions in the in the chat as well. Clearly, there's going to be a few people catching up on this on um, catch up, and that's fine. I'm going to put the video into the Facebook group. I'm going to continue doing that. I think that's quite useful. And I'm going to take the sound and put it into the podcast so you'll have it there and then. So if you don't, if there's no more questions, if we're all good, 
Thank you all very much for being here. Hugely, 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 hugely appreciate you all. And I will see you all next time. Peace. Have a good evening.